1: This week on the Blue Crew, I'm very happy to welcome on a co-host that's a guest host. I'm not sure how to really describe him. My cousin, the reason why I love the Rangers, he's been on before, a recurring guest. But today he's filling in since Avery and Cody are busy doing other shit. So welcome back to the show, Jason Bisnoff. Jason, how are you?
0: I'm good. Maybe like a cousin Jason, like cousin Sal from Jimmy Kimmel or something. I could just be like the token cousin and we don't have to go into any more depth about my uh,
1: formal role here at the Blue Crew. I don't watch that show very often, so I'm unfamiliar with the reference, but great to have you. And I'll ignore that you said that. (laughs) Uh, Let's continue. So, you know, I I obviously talk to you almost every day about the Rangers, but it's all over text and stuff. And you're probably fair to say one of the more opinionated people that I know about this team. Uh, And usually optimistic, sometimes pessimistic, but I think this year a little bit more optimistic if I'm, if I'm right. Yeah,
0: uh, for sure. So
1: give give me your, well, I think you texted me like after the Seattle game, like, okay, maybe we're good again. Uh, So give me your take originally. I know you were kind of against the thought of the Rangers being good this year prior to the start of the season. Obviously now it's easy to be optimistic after the five game road trip, but where are you mentally right now?
0: Um, I'm I, the way I've been phrasing these people. I'm ready to be hurt again. Yep. Um, I'm like I'm like the person who you know, I, you know fool me once, shame on you. I'm on like fool me, you know, every year of my life, shame on me. Um, you know, we're still in that same window, kind of the post, uh, that the post letter window that opened much quicker than we thought. Um, so I, I'm optimistic. I mean, a five game win streak on the road. How could you not be? I think. Laviolette, despite pretty obviously being not their first choice, like they clearly fired Gallant with no plan B, has looked awesome. I mean, you can see the difference of a real X's and O's guy um, because they seem, I mean, the 1-3-1's one, working really well and the lack of line shuffling. I think all of us, uh, most of Rangers Twitter is very happy to see actual line consistency for a while. Mm-hmm.
1: So let me ask you this. Who has been a big surprise? I know there's been a lot. Your biggest surprise, and I have a feeling I know who you're going to say. And then, who has been your somewhat disappointment?
0: Um, you know, to have a really a bit of an original answer, because obviously the team has been led by the usual characters this year, which is good. I mean, like uh, the the question has always been later in the year, could we get over the hump by having secondary help? But the names you expect have been amazing, namely Panarin, who continues to be the uh the latest Rangers player that fans really really don't appreciate enough and hopefully will before he's gone mm-hmm. but Eric Gustafson has been a name that has oh. really stood out um that sixth defensive spot has been like a black hole uh, your Ben Harpers your whoever else I tried to block Nidor out Hayek, of the Jack
1: Jones yeah, yeah. oh my God
0: yeah don't yeah. don't man I'm mean, come on I just had lunch um, so, uh, yeah, it's been really cool. Not only see consistency there. I mean, he's just really like, it feels like the defense is really set. Um, it feels really secure as far as disappointments has been a contract I hated since the start, but I must admit came out really good the first couple of years. That good real contract is really starting to come home to roost,
1: mm-hmm. especially
0: because I don't think we're getting out from under it. I think we are buying it out next year. So um with the cap crunch and everything that is a, a tough position to be in it was obvious like the day it was signed that it was one of those cups in the room thing that is way too like 1990s hundred hockey men thought yeah. like so he had a really good first two years but the paying him 3.64 is finally uh we all knew it it's finally the, that bill's come due
1: it's also tough to see frank for like tied for lee leading goals right now and knowing you're paying good that money that you probably could have gave to frank but uh, I yeah. want to talk about the five game road trip specifically. Was there one game or one of those wins that stood out to you most?
0: Um, I think uh it will keep in mind, uh, as the father of an 18 month old, um, I was not up for all of those games. Mm-hmm. But that last game, uh, they didn't play great. Um, they kind of were a little flat and just finding a way late to get that goal, uh, the troop of Has to Panarin was also like Nasty. maybe this yeah, maybe the prettiest goal of the year so far. So that doesn't hurt. Um, between that and then that late penalty, which we all probably didn't like and finding a way to not only get the tying goal late, but then to find a way to get the overtime goal, despite coming out down a man. Um, I think the thing that this team is going to have to learn to do, uh, which, you know, if you look at the the big conference finals run and then the Devils series last year is the, is when they hit a wall to push through it. You know, both those mm-hmm. series, they were up 2-0. And, and as soon as they hit resilience, to find a way to win where you're kind of flat, which you're going to have nights. I mean, you know, you know, both of our mutual friend, Harrison, likes to say they're not trying. Like, you're going to have nights of 82 that just it not
1: clicking. To find a way to win those yeah. games is really great. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And the, uh, you know, the whole message, I think, that I've been trying to put out is bend, don't break, right? Like, I've been preaching that it's not like a no-quit anything anymore. Because, like, to me, and I don't want to go on a rant here, but the no-quit thing is like, up, oh, they're going down four to one, like, but all of a sudden they come back and find a way to win. This is this is different, right? Like they're they're in every game. It's not like they're getting blown out or or whatever, and they're finding ways to claw their way back. It's, you know, they're they're playing fine. It's a one goal game. Something bad happens, but they recover. It's it's to me that's not quitting. That's just like being able to to kind of handle adversity and and not break in half. You know, I think that's kind of what they've been doing this year. But um, to me, I think the game that stood out the most in that trip was the Vancouver game. Uh, just so much back and forth. Um, Obviously, a lot of calls, you know, did go the Rangers way. And then, um, you know, that overtime was fucking crazy. They get outplayed and they find a way to score a goal. And I thought a guy you were going to bring up was Keandre Miller because Keandre had quite the road trip, six points in five games and had that overtime winner. I'm surprised because you're very high in Keandre Miller. So I thought you were going to say he's been a pleasant surprise as well. Seven points in nine games.
0: We make a couple of good points there. First of all, Keandre Miller is very big deal in the Bisnoff home, uh, especially with Mrs. Bisnoff. Mrs. Bisnoff mm-hmm. loves her some Keandre Miller. <laughs> he is he is the current uh uh belt holder most one. handsome he's the most handsome ranger right now. That's that's pretty definitive. Um the, the Henrik Lundqvist Most Handsome Ranger Award is currently held by Keandre Miller. That's true. According to, oh, for sure. And you can go through the roster. It's I'm it's, thinking, it's yeah. yeah,
1: right now. Schneider's up there for sure. Schneider's a good-looking guy.
0: Not a bad-looking guy. Yeah. Um but the, the other point you make, I think one thing that it's really early in the year, but some of the great uh, accounts, Valaket being one of them, who who plug out the, put out advanced numbers for for idiots like me and you who can't get that deep into them, it's one of the first years they're actually starting to outplay teams in a night in and night out basis, and I think you're right as we pivot from the No Quit New York, the plucky bunch, to like being the better team ninety percent of regular season games, which if mm-hmm. we fancy ourselves what we should be on paper, that's it. it. Is like. Yeah, tomorrow night against Carolina, we will, will be hopefully an even team, but realistically on paper, probably the inferior team. Most nights we're going to play a team we're supposed to beat. And I agree with you that like starting to win in that way, in that we expect to win way is a big thing that they're going to have to start to do.
1: Well, also you've been just talking about that Carolina game and not to get too in, in deep on it, but Carolina has had a really rocky start this year. They're on a three game winning streak right now, but you know, you look back to 2021, uh, since those years, Carolina has been a top five defensive team. And right now they're a bottom five defensive team. So you look at the Rangers offense right now, their power play, how they're clicking, like the Rangers could easily, you know, take it to Carolina, I think tonight as people are listening, because this comes out on Thursday and, you know, you kind of had that fear going into the season. And I think a narrative was, okay, the tops here in the Metro is Devils, Carolina. Then it's like Rangers, Penguins, Islanders, Capitals. Then it's Columbus, Philly. But right now what we're seeing in the Metro is just a complete debacle of teams right now. I think, you know, you look at the bottom and Pittsburgh's at the bottom. Now the Capitals announced that is gonna miss or taking time away from the season. Columbus is obviously Line A's out and, you know, they're a fucking mess to begin with. And then, you know, the rest is kind of a crapshoot. Like the Devils aren't this elite crazy Devils team that everyone expected to be. Their goal tang's an issue, just like people talked about this summer. And this thing's up for grabs. And there's no reason why the Rangers can't continue to go on this path and maybe win the Metro. But I guess what I'm leading to is your biggest storyline in the metro so far. Is it the Rangers and how well they're doing or is it the Devils and how mid they are not mid except that they are a really good team but I guess they are underperforming or is it a team like the Flyers that has looked pretty solid and surprise teams.
0: Yeah, somebody has to take uh take the metro's keys away from it because it's drunk. It cannot drive. Um <laughs> it is it has been a wacky start. How many
1: times have you use that one?
0: I just thought of that as you were talking. That's the that's oh, no first right. time, I swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, instead of listening to you, which I should have done, I got to work on, right, my, on my listening comprehension. You know the question? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to kind of cheat on my answer. I think the biggest story in the Metro is that for the first time in my recollection, but I also don't have a great memory, I think the Atlantic may take five playoff spots. I think the Metro really? may end up with three. I mean, Boston didn't fade, but the pens mm. and the caps seem to be. Those like three teams it was like, are they finally gonna stop being perennial? Tampa, if they can hold the ship till Vast gets back. Toronto, we can slot in already with a playoff spot. Florida is still a talented team. Um, and I'm forgetting I am forgetting the roster in the Atlantic, but there's Toronto. someone else. Toronto. I said, yeah, I said Toronto you, I you can, can pen, yeah, you could pencil in. Um but either way, like I, I think it's entirely possible the Metro boasts. I still think, you know, I would bet a lot of money Carolina, us, and New Jersey are in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But after that, you know, especially there's a lot of stats out there about, like, the teams in the playoffs on Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, like
1: I saw that today, too. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, every 80, year it comes 80. up. Bobby yeah, 80 that. Oh, I didn't see it today. I've just oh, seen oh. it so many times come up. Mm-hmm. It comes up every November. So, I mean, the Pens and the Caps are digging themselves a decent hole already. Um, will Ilya Sorokin be able to Henrik Lundqvist that team by just like, dragging them, kicking and screaming to the playoffs? And I think Columbus and Philly, th- their talent inferiority is going to catch up. Um, so I think that, that, it, and it's been the opposite for a long time where it's been the Metro was the strongest division in hockey. Um, mm. I think the, the bottom may fall out a little bit in the division, which
1: good for us. Yeah. So, so Bob shoes and tweeted today, how much does October, November mean in the NH, in the NHL? I found these stats amazing. If your team is in a playoff spot by today, they're 60%, 67% to make the playoffs. That number goes to nearly 80% by Thanksgiving. Obviously, teams can rally, but these first two months are so important. So kudos to the Rangers for the strong start. I still think it's going to be four and four. Um, I, I just think the Metro is really strong, and I think – the Atlantic, like the teams that are disappointing right now are the Buffalo Savers, the Ottawa Senators who got off to a hot start. Like, you know, these are the, sex, the sexy teams before the season that, you know, haven't performed up to par thus far. You're forgetting but, you
0: know, Detroit? De- you're forgetting no. Detroit? Well, Detroit I, I think
1: Detroit, for the most part, was like, okay, they'll take a step in the right direction, but they're not ready to make the playoffs yet. But now they're overperforming for sure. Their offense has been incredible. They're power and they, playing.
0: And those points, you bank those points. Those points stay there. And Gary Bettman's loser point makes it really hard to move through the playoffs.
1: So before we get into some fan questions, is there any hot take or topic that you want to bring up? Um, I mean, I, I
0: said it and I glanced over it cause it's kind of obvious, but you know, I've been watching the Rangers, uh, you know, I'm 32 years old, 20 years or so, I've been following them really closely. The Zibanejad Panarin, Kreider, Fox Shesterkin, like top 50 Kreider maybe skaters in the NHL and Rob Kreider makes that cut but that we have right now on our roster is pretty incredible uh, mm. you know and that's why that second, that secondary help is what could put us over because I think and I don't have a list of rosters in front of me so I may eat these words if you take the five best players on any roster in the league I think we hang with anyone in the league I know like look McDavid dry saddle but after that it gets a little more sparse I mean we have a debatable top we have a, we have a, a perennial Norris the best net front presence in the league we have the any given year potentially the a guy and then Zibane, Zibanejad and, and, and Panarin are top 25 skaters right now period that's a pretty crazy top tier to be boasting and this year they've come out and just all of them are buzzing
1: I'd say the only team right now that comes to mind that might be on a different level is Colorado with Nate, Kale, yeah. Miko Rantanen. like those are those are arguably three top ten play. Like those guys are fucking a hundred percent. But yeah. then you're comparing Shesterkin and Georgiev, uh, yeah. which but is like Georgiev yeah. had forty wins last year. Like he's not a bad goalie. I know he was the backup and there's a lot of bad taste from Rangers fans yeah. with Georgiev. Oh, but- He's I'm going
0: against Keor. I'm not against yeah. Keyword, yeah, but and that's another, you know, and not to get too in the weeds. We also have the fact when you look at the teams we could match up in the playoffs with, because realistically that's what Rangers fans are thinking. Mm-hmm. There are what five or six teams right now with a rock solid goalie. You know, you have yeah. Soros, Ottinger, Vasilevsky, Sorokin, Chesterkin, I think I'm forgetting. Oh, Hellebuck.
1: Omar, After that, I don't dude, know if those dude. guys are on that same tier. Those two are fucking elite. They are.
0: I guess to, I guess together, yes. They together are. it's it's yeah. But my point fine, that's seven teams in a 32 team league, like every, nothing quick. <laughs> Yeah, but keep in mind that the champions last year won with Aiden Hill. Yeah. So like have having a top having one of those six or seven every night I feel good with this guy is an advantage in every series we're gonna play for the most part.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, let's get into some fan questions. The first one from Joe Mann's uh, Joe Manzi five five. Of all the great things going on, what would you say is our weakness so far? Fourth line. Fourth line. Uh,
0: I agree. I, I, yeah, I think you need to. You know, I,
1: I'm much. Not I'm Nick very Benino skeptical. though. Nick Benino has been fucking great.
0: Yeah, I'm very skeptical about how much fourth lines matter anymore. Like, I don't. I I, I feel the opposite about Lula Lamorello about what goes on in hockey. Like, I don't. I think the heavy '90s style doesn't win you anymore. But they can't be a net negative, and right now they are a net negative when they're out there.
1: Well, your fourth line's job is really just to not get scored on. It's to be out there, give your top guys rest, and and not allow the puck in your own net. Like that's really yeah, what a fourth and line maybe is make
0: important. a few guys going through the middle a little skittish. Like yeah. that's
1: it. If they score a goal, it's just a huge plus. But yeah, I would I would agree the fourth line I think is an issue, and I I would say not. Weakness, but disappointment is the production from Kreider, Mika and Kako at five on five. I think this time last year, everyone was like, oh, my God, if this line sticks together, they're going to put up so many points like they're getting so many chances. I think to start this year, they looked fine, but they haven't looked nearly as good as they did at the start of last year. And Kako, I think, has just been I don't want to say lacking confidence because he looked super confident in the preseason. But I think because he's not putting up the points right now, it's starting to hinder him a little bit. Uh, but then again, he's playing fine. It's just not what I think we all hoped for this year, and I think we're used to saying that now for so many years. in yeah. it's not like it's it's not like it's a it's a negative. It's just like fuck, man. Like I just want him to score and like put up points, you know?
0: Yeah. Because it also, it feels like with those guys, a lot of those young guys, like it's such a confidence thing, and so if it, yeah. like laughs seeing the puck go oh, in. Like this, I think. Yeah, yeah, it makes a big difference. I think right now the only reason that that line I'm not as worried about is at this early juncture, cause you have such a small sample size of points, you do have a lot of advanced numbers. And so like, they're still controlling pay- play. And I think over 82, if their like expected goals are good, it will, the goals will come
1: mm-hmm. for sure. All right. Next one, John C Leo, genuine thoughts, feelings on Kane, making a return to the Rangers.
0: <sighs> I mean, he, he, he looked not great last year. Obviously his hip was a problem. Um, Wheeler has been disappointing, but I think Wheeler plays with his brain a lot, and so it's going to take him time. He's not a freak athlete, so I want to give him some more time. Um, I think Kane is a big name, but I think right now, like if I had to add something at the deadline, like a couple depth forwards in that fourth line may get us further than Patrick Kane right now. I don't know. It, it, it's a lot of times he's now in the deadline, and we do not have the money till the deadline. and Patrick Kane plays for a million, which I've seen crazier things with the Rangers.
1: Mm-hmm. I would say, if anything, if if we're talking about would Patrick Kane want to come back here, I think if you watch this team now over the last two weeks, I think it's a much sexier option than it was maybe at the start of the year. Uh, I know the other teams in the mix are Buffalo, who's been a little disappointing. Detroit might be a little bit more attractive now with their start. And then I think Dallas was another team in the mix that, you know, is definitely going to be a contender out of the West. But I think if you are Kane right now, you're looking at this Rangers group, seeing how Laviolette coaches them, and you're thinking, hey, like I could win a cup here. And you know, I think he enjoyed his time here last year, despite the ending, but I I don't see why he wouldn't want to come at this point. Um, do I think the Rangers need him? I don't think it would hurt them, but I don't think it would put them over the edge at the same time. I think, he'd I, be think fine Wheeler, I,
0: I think Wheeler's slot is really what's going to, it's going to come down to yeah. like, if he finds his game. Um, and I think you're, you make a really good point. I think, Watching where Buffalo is in the standings is really the biggest thing because if Buffalo ha- is in the playoffs, that guy's going to want to try to be a part of the first Buffalo playoff team yeah. in what twelve years or something like that would be cool yeah. for him as a hometown. Hundred
1: percent, I, I totally agree. I also think if the Wheeler thing continues to, you know, not be what I think everyone hopes it would be, I could see Kako moving down to that spot and maybe Kane slotting in on that first line. Like they're going to have to put up points, you know. Um, so I think that could be a possibility, but that's like a hypothetical, obviously. Next one from, I laugh at this one every time. Chris is neck deep. Seeing how quick, seeing how quick did on the road or on the road trip. Think we'll see him giving Igor more breaks. Um, it's
0: a good problem to have. I mean, we are not we are not in the Henrik Lundqvist seventy games a year world anymore. And I'm hitting my quota of Henrik mentions in one podcast, Uh as I always have to. That's three. Is
1: that three? I think so. so.
0: (laughs) Um, I- I'm shocked how good quick has looked uh, pleasantly shocked uh, he I think everyone 20. I don't think
1: there's anyone who like would have expected that right I think everyone is kind of in shock yeah as well
0: um, it's a really good problem to have especially because like I said you know if we bank a few more points this early it's crazy to say but like you're already starting to think about the playoffs and I know that sounds insane but like that's that's today's
1: NHL mm-hmm. no I agree that's how it goes and I think You know, if quick does keep playing well, like, you know, obviously there are analytics and there's certain ways to go about the way you go into your goaltending and how many games they play. I'd say, you know, it's a safe bet to say Igor plays 55 to 57 this year, um, which quick math gives quick 25 starts. But, you know, if he plays well, I would say ride the hot goalie while you can. You know, Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you can give Igor any extra rest, like why not fucking do it? Right like we saw uh, 100% and I yeah. think
0: Benoit Allaire should be should go to the Raptors when he retires. Yeah. I think we should find a way to have That's a Allaire. real possibility. I, I mean, what other goalie coach gets that ovation on opening night and just deserves it. I mean, yeah. it is I yeah, like like I Jonathan Quick being an unbelievable backup after Cam Talbot, after uh Georgiev, after this uh, Valakat, this uh, Marty Biron, like this guy, unbelievable.
1: I agree. All right, next one B Litris X9. The bottom six needs to get a lot faster. Who do we think we can add to help with that? Assuming well, I mean, everyone wants us to say Brennan O'Finnan.
0: You cut me off. I was going to say, you know, with all what well, with all the, the talk of like um um, Kane, of, of adding, like Othman is still sitting there at some point. I, I don't think, he, I think he should play a full AHL season. I think his long term is the most important. But when the late add up, you know, where, where we all fell in love with Kreider the first time, uh, what's it called? Black Aces or whatever? Um, yeah. When that comes, I think it'd be a great option. Um, and I think the Rangers also, and this is a really important thing for just like the Rangers, like dynasty is or franchise is we need to start like having homegrown talent again. Um And so Othman, uh, Cooley, I think has looked awesome. I don't think the points have been there, but I think he's looked awesome. Um And also really nice to recuperate some of that. Leas Anderson debacle to have something yeah. to show for it.
1: I'd say Cooley um, and Chocheck are pretty fast in the, on the third line. Yeah. But I think, but I think the, the
0: whole you know. Kane talk, I mean, Brennan Othman at, yeah. if Brennan Othman is buzzing, I know Patrick Kane is maybe the greatest American player ever, but he's older and coming off hip surgery. Like, could Othman be more productive than Kane down the stretch? That's not like a crazy thought. I don't think, but Kane then again has been there so many times and won entire seasons on on his stick. So I guess maybe I'm yeah. getting a little a little crazier.
1: Well, I think the wording is off. I think Othman could. It's not crazy to say Othman could be more effective, but I think Kane would put up more points for sure
0: yeah and, and it's two and, different and,
1: things but i, I know yeah. what you're saying. That's, that's kind of what you're getting at i think right well if you
0: decide to use that money on someone else instead of kane and you bring up Othman, you kind of having your cake and eating it too is what i'm saying
1: mm-hmm. yeah all right next one from tom olson and you'll like this one should the rangers get rid of gaudreau if he has less than 10 points by january 1st
0: can the rangers get rid of gaudreau? <laughs> uh, yeah um that's the question. Uh, we are no strangers to buyouts. This is not that egregious. Also, like one thing to mention about Goodrow is again my second Gary Bettman reference as I hit that quota too. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Bettman's reign die. of ter- Gary Bettman's reign of terror of flat cap is almost over. We're gonna have two straight seasons of about four or five million to spend, and we're the Rangers. Like it's gonna be like. Pick who you want for four or five million. Never forget, mm-hmm. Artai Panarin took a pay cut not to be an Islander to be a Ranger. But
1: yeah. well, you also um, have to sign Lingren too.
0: There will be people to sign too. But yeah. like we we have impressively, and I give Drury credit for this. We have made it through a. I didn't think we would be able to hold on to Lingren and Truba and Kreider all till now. And we've kind of mm-hmm. made it past the worst of it, which was that uh that those few years. The fact that like guys like Laugh actually didn't bust out on their rookie yeah. deal, kind of saved us in a weird way. If yeah, they end that. up becoming something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, Anthony Governail 19. What else would you guys like to see from this team? We look great, but not perfect.
0: Five on five. Yeah. Um, especially because the playoffs were not going to get the power plays uh, because apparently the sport is a different sport and the refs call it as a different sport. Well,
1: when you say five on five, are you saying in general or scoring? Like I think the five on five defensively has been fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Important mm-hmm. if you make, to, to make that distinction. I think yeah, five on five scoring it is what it's going to be. And then I mean, I feel like I'm in Groundhog Day secondary scoring. Yeah. Um, it is really cool to have Panarin, Zubana, Jad, Kreider, and Fox, but they cannot do it alone. I think you're totally right. By the end of the year, like Miller could be the the next name on that list. I think that's interesting, and you could be uh, the winner of a bet with uh, Mike Riddle yeah. as well.
1: He texted but, me. He texted me yesterday. He was like, "Fuck, you're killing me with this Miller Lindholm bet because Lindholm has no points right now in the first like seven games or eight games for Boston."
0: So. Well, that's not you know. In in his defense, that's not Lindholm's calling card. He's a great defenseman, but
1: no, But I don't. Last year, he put up like fifty points.
0: Re- oh, I didn't know that. Um, it was
1: very tight. It was very tight.
0: Yeah. Rangers fans who haven't, I mean, non-Rangers fans who have not watched Andre Miller don't realize the flashes of what he like. His ceiling to me is still like Norris. Like he, just his his length his he he's he can i mean he's just six five like forget everything else like he's just like he still has a crazy ceiling and he's putting it together and it's really cool to watch
1: the only issue is that on this team he's never gonna get power play opportunity like it's just when you have adam fox he's just never gonna overpower that like you can't have a norris winner that doesn't play power play you
0: know I wonder, and you know the league better than I do. Are there teams that have two productive power play lines? Because like that's been one thing we haven't had. Or is it most great power plays are just like the Ovechkin, like we're leaving you out there for two minutes type thing?
1: Well, the Caps actually have had a shit power play the last couple of years, which has been a big surprise. No, but... I mean, I mean, no, just yeah, in yeah, general. I
0: know, I yeah.
1: Um, I think for the most part, more teams, at least the successful power plays, are heavily dominated by the first unit. But you know, there are some teams that have a, a, a pretty balanced. 1 and 2 I think one that comes to mind would be Ottawa. Um I'd have to stat check but I think their power play has looked solid both units this thus far. And and again, no stats in front of me just, you know, from what I've seen. Yeah. Um but for you could part, also
0: see him could you see two defensemen on the power play if Miller becomes a better option than say a trocek to have out there. Just I know you'd have to reshuffle the positioning cuz you have to move a guy out of the bumper and all that.
1: I just don't think Keandra's a power play guy. I, I think he yeah. is talented offensively, but when he under pucks and doesn't complicate his game that's when he's successful when he's asked to do a little bit more offensively I think that's what kind of fucks with him a little bit you know I think there was a couple of attempts where him and Gustafson were a quarterback in the second unit and you can just tell Keandre's is not he's not really an offensive first guy so I think that's why it's a little tough right like Versus Fox, bit- who somehow
0: can like have yeah. three guys closing in on him and, and not sweat an ounce.
1: Yeah, so I think it's different. Like Keandre is really strong offensively, but not in the power play situation, I would say. Um all right, let's go into the next one. Chris Rodriguez, sixty seven. If the Rangers were to bring up Othman, what line would you put him on? I'd put him in Wheeler's spot right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, but and that's Just that's one of start. the problems. Yeah, but that's one of the weird things that like always defined this team is you had a team that was rebuilding. You had a team that got two top two picks, which they shouldn't have gotten mathematically and also signed Artemi Panarin and also had Chris Kreider have a very late breakout. I mean, it. it I know like we haven't had the cup to answer for it, but we have a log jam of talent. It, it's a really good problem to have in just putting it all together. Um, One I, name I, that hasn't come up. Yeah. Oh, go
1: ahead. No, no, I, I would say like, I wouldn't mind seeing Othman play with Mika and Kreider for a bit. Like, why not? The problem
0: becomes, I mean, the really really crazy thing to say, which is like the unspoken thing, which we all don't want to talk about, is when do you stop? At what point do Kako and Laugh stop getting the treatment of what they hope they'll be versus what they are? And there's a certain amount of time, and they're nowhere near that, but 25, 26, like, Remember, Jimmy V C came onto our team as like this phenom out of college. At a certain point, he's made a great career, but we stopped trying to fit him onto the top six. We're like, okay, he's good. He's not going to be great. If it, You know, when does that happen? And is that a time where Othman starts to be the new young guy we're trying to put in a position to yeah. grow?
1: I'd say it's not this year, but next year. Because they both, well, Kako is on a contract here this year, if I'm correct, right? He is. I think and, so. Lafreniere just signed that two year deal, so next year for him. So I think after these two, it's kind of like, here's what we got. So let's see what we can make make of it.
0: The best um, looking of, of the kids this year by by a far distance, I think, has been Heatle. And the points aren't there, but Hito looks Hito looks so strong and fast going through the middle and routinely makes plays that like not many people could make. Like gets yeah. into spaces that that guys who are not special don't don't get into.
1: I said that last week. I He was like my MVP of the road trip, even though the production wasn't really there. And and obviously that's a stretch of a pick with how Foxy and Panarin played. But um, yeah. just like you said, the little things that don't really go on the score sheet. But uh, next one from Connor Haggerty would love to see Cooley get a chance as a net front presence on PP2. Do you guys agree? I don't see why not. He's a big, strong body, I, like get his confidence going, maybe bang home some rebounds. Like I'm all for it. And, and plus like, sorry to, to go first, but like the second unit doesn't get so many reps where it like wouldn't kill momentum. You know,
0: that's the PP two problem is you want, if you're, if we're still trying to bring these kids along and kind of give them baby steps, like it would be great for them to have more time there because the chances of them seeing the puck go in increase. But when PP one is the best unit in hockey, is that like a crazy sentence? I don't think so. The best power play in hockey. And when your five on five production is kind of not as strong as you'd like, you can't be like foregoing those valuable minutes in order to you know help those guys along. So it becomes mm-hmm. this like, I'd love to have give them more power play time, but right now we need, you know, every single Mika's venge one timer we can get.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh next one from Ryan Murray, 1624. Best Rangers jersey of all time.
0: Easy. Uh the the original Liberties. I have a Gretzky waiting for my son hanging, I think you had it at one point too, hanging mm-hmm. in my closet. That original Liberty is the best jersey ever.
1: We've talked about it on here. I think I like the white one better than the blue one.
0: That's a hot take.
1: The white one is fucking clean. I also love white jerseys. I'm a big fan of white. I think white just... Bring like white books. back at home, baby. Bring white That's back what at home. That's why I've been saying that for a long time. White is sick. I, I like the white look. I'm Though the Rangers it.
0: jersey is also just is just a classic yeah. jersey. Yeah, it's the, they have the best
1: jerseys. Um, All right, next one. Not a question, but I love it. Willie White, 17. Fuck the Canes. Let's get a dub. Uh, next one, Mark well I, Yeah, very, very well-formed. Uh, next one, Mark Chiraldi. I think Hedo and Kako need to step up more. What do you think? And then Avery, when is Kane coming? We already discussed that. So uh, Hedo and Kako need to step up more. What do you think? Hedo just has to finish. He's got to score goals. Kako, Hedo has I think to finish. Kako Hedo's could be more aggressive. Racing. We could be more aggressive.
0: The, the thing with Kako is, though... Kako should just, like, let Mika and Kreider bring him along. It is, like, and just, like, if that line stays a net positive line like it has, and Kako is on it, things will just come to him. So I almost don't Mm. mind him being a little timid to start because he's playing with the best combo on the team. Like, I don't mind him just being like, I'm going to just be here with them, and they will figure it out. And after 20, 25 games without being shuffled they'll start to know where to find me because if you look how Kreider and Zabanjev find each other, I mean. insane. Yeah. If yeah. Kako can get a tenth of that, it's gonna be really good for him.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're I we're agree. nine
0: games in. We're nine games yeah. in people.
1: Yeah. But also again, like nine games in last year, it was like Kako's been the best forward on the team. He just can't find a way to score. You know? It's been a little different, I think, in that regard. But been really this cool m- if
0: we got the fir- really would have been really cool if we got the first pick that year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dude, also like not to totally glaze Jack Hughes, but how much of a fucking rock star would that kid be in New York City playing for the Rangers? Like he already is with the Devils, but like imagine him as a Ranger. Like, oh my god, he's
0: sick. Some of the stupider conversations that I participated in yeah. were the trying to convince ourselves the Kako is going to be better right after the draft. I was
1: really because yeah. Jack,
0: oh Jack Hughes also looked like he was eleven years old, which which yeah. helped us. Like, but yeah, no, I I think the jury's out on that one.
1: Yeah uh this one is for me johnny from the hockey news how do you come up with your questions to ask players um it's kind of like a feel a feel thing right like i i always something i do um you know win or lose i always go into the winner's locker room whether it's the rangers or the team they're playing against and i think you just get better quotes from the guys that are in a better mood and want to talk to you so you know for example i went to the preds locker room after the rangers lost to nashville at home a couple weeks ago and you know talked to philip forsberg and um you know basically asked him like on his end like what did you guys do to beat the rangers like what was their weakness so you kind of get the other perspective right so you're not getting the same answers and same kind of perspective all the time and you know in my own experience i fucking hated talking to people after i lost and i didn't even like you know you came to my game and and at umass and i didn't even like acknowledge you in warm-up i was so locked in right like you guys were banging on the boards i remember in wichita falls and you like sit behind the bench or something or is that my mom
0: sounds about right both of those sound about right
1: yeah but no, I, I think it's, uh you know, you got to understand like how the players think. And a lot of the times after you lose, you just want to get the fuck out of there. So I don't like to go into losing locker rooms. Of course, I like to get my, you know, quote from Laviolette about his thoughts in the game. But the way I go about it is just what would I want to talk about if I were in the situation? So I think that's kind of how I feel it. um Well, uh, not to, yeah, not they, to,
0: I believe, I believe the cool young person term you used was glaze. I, I'm not familiar with this. I'm an old man, but not to yeah. glaze you. I can tell what it means from context. uh uh-huh. People also (laughs) underestimate that, like, like, and I've underestimated in the past how much the level of hockey you played makes a difference. I think there are a lot of journalists who are who never played at a high level but know the game really great. Mm -hmm. That being said, like things I've I've watched the game with you and things you notice. uh, I'm sure when you ask a Philip Forsberg about certain breakout strategies, that like Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I've watched this game for 25 years. I played at the lowest of levels, but I it's just the way you see the game is different. I'm sure that comes at an advantage when you're talking to these guys.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely play into, you know, my playing career for sure. Um, But also I think like there, there's just certain ones where I know people don't want to be asked, you know, like you just gotta, you gotta give and choose and, and kind of, pick your spot someone to ask the controversial stuff when to ask the stuff that you know you kind of like there's always times where you have to ask things too right like you have to ask about a certain play that happens um when it's the trend of the game but yeah let's move on uh this last one from jackknife82 our lobby Lavi- you're gonna like this one too Our laviolette and housley unlocking the full potential of keandre miller
0: um, Havilet is doing a lot right. I, th- I think, I, I don't know, actually, though, if the key thing, I think he is, like, one of the few guys, because sometimes fans have this stupid notion that, like, development will be linear, that it'll be just this, you know, the same way you look at, like, a any chart that goes just up into the corner. Um, I think he's actually, though, had a very linear development. He didn't start playing defense till midway through college. And so, actually, I think a big part of his catch-up has just been, like, positioning and stuff because all the raw talent is there. So actually with Love, I think it's more been just every year Key is getting better. I also think it, one underestimated thing about a guy who I really like but obviously will never live up to his contract is having Truba next to Key has been extremely helpful for him, especially as another tall guy, a guy who really, I think, pl- thinks the game really well has helped Key along every
1: year. Yeah, and I think, you know, Keandre's spoken to Truba's leadership, right? Like in multitudes about how important that he's been for his development. And I think the one thing I will say about the on stuff with La Villette and Keandre Miller, and you can add Housley to that as well, with the way La Villette likes to set up their neutral zone, and I know that's like the popular thing about La Villette's coaching system, is that it allows Keandre to be more aggressive and pick his spots and like be at the red line and gap up tighter on players and not sit back and accept the rush, but attack it instead. Like it's a more aggressive Miller because that's what La Villette has allowed the players to be. And I think that's been so beneficial toward his game as well. Like, Yandre isn't afraid to join the rush as much, knowing that the players are more defensively sound and knowing that there will be someone covering his spot if needed. Um, I think you do make a good
0: point that everyone out there seems to be a little bit more risk-taking, which is good, I think, especially early in the year. Like, if you're going to give guys the opportunity to take these risks and and test the boundaries, like, why not in the first nine games on a five-game road trip on the West Coast? Like, that we're all going to forget about eventually.
1: Well, it's also the biggest thing. It's it's layers, right? Like you see what the one-three-one does. It's if one guy gets burned, guess what? The guy carrying the puck on the opposition has to beat three guys now to at least get over the blue line with possession. So it's all about how you layer, how you backtrack. Like if you notice, like oh shit, when the Rangers are skating back through the neutral zone. Like you're always picking up that weak side guy you're always making sure you're outnumbering them on the attack because that's how odd man rushes are created hockey's all about creating mini two on ones like whether it's coming up the ice you know look at the power play breakout right a lot of teams do that drop pass so they can two on one the, the penalty killer in the middle and make one pass beat a guy so i think that's a big thing with the rangers is that they know if one guy gets beaten there's these other layers that are there to pick them up and that's why i think the rangers have done a way better job at limiting man rushes this year and limiting those shifts where we see them get burned for two minutes in their own zone like you haven't seen much of that this season no, you a lot agree. of it is you know which that's really, what we're used we, to watching
0: no we have watched uh, i i've said this uh recently to someone this is maybe the first year since i've been a close rangers fan. So it's a beginning of henrik where we're shaping up to be a team that actually in advanced numbers is good like it was a lot of years of like our advanced numbers suck yet we're in the second round of yeah. playoffs the secret was Henrik. The secret yeah. was Igor. We may mm-hmm. actually be not leaving those guys out to dry and actually, play, you know, winning games in in a from a dominant position, from a position yeah. of we are the better team here.
1: Well, that's it for fan questions. Do you have any final thoughts before I let you go? And now you can stop texting me every day to get you on the pod for at least a couple weeks.
0: You bought yourself maybe a week, but I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I think um, my, my final thoughts are uh, yeah. uh, just uh, Panarin and Fox. I, 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 it needs to be said again. They're they're, they're tearing it apart. Rangers fans, Artemi Panarin is the best player we've had in a long time. He's slacked in the playoffs a couple of years, but one of those years scored the biggest Rangers goal in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Cherish
1: this man. Uh, he's amazing. Up there. Well, 10 is 2014, so. Fine,
0: 5, 5, fair. <laughs> uh glad to be here always a pleasure uh looking forward to my next uh my next chance and uh let's go rangers oh hi mom hi and karen
1: let me actually ask you one more question because i saw i forgot who i saw talking about this and i i hate when i forget um because i like to credit the people but i saw a debate i believe of which player since i know you're very high in henrik lundquist so i imagine he's your answer but who is the more iconic New York Ranger, Mark Messier or Henrik Lundqvist? Oof, I feel like it's I saw apples, this debate.
0: Yeah, it's apples and oranges. I mean, Henrik with a cup is the Henrik with a cup is undeniably the best Ranger ever. Um, which the cup, the lack of cup, is not his fault. I still think Henrik. I mean, Messier was a better Oiler, but Messier delivered the the first cup in fifty four years. It, it's a it's, tough question. Oh, you're asking me to murder one of my children. I, uh, <laughs> like, like I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, um, but, but Henrik, I mean, Henrik is the best goalie of his generation. And I think, besides Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin, the best player of his generation. So it is, it is tough to live up to. Messi is also a top 10 skater ever. So we're, we're yeah. really. I'll just keep complimenting both of them until you forget what question you asked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I, I think uh I don't know if you've seen this. Like, it was, it was. You're not on TikTok probably, but there was a trending like old, woman man. on TikTok. Yeah, a trending woman on TikTok who like, you know, they asked her the question like, I think, what's your most outrageous sports take? And it was like, uh, the LeBron MJ debate. No one would say that MJ is better if LeBron came first. So I think it's different, right? If lundquist came before Messier. I think Messier is undoubtedly the more iconic Ranger, but because Messier was first, won the cup first, and then Hank, like if Messier had won the cup after Hank, it's Messier. But because, like, am I making sense or I feel like now I'm just confusing myself? Well, if they
0: both won cups, it makes more sense. Well, if they they, both won cups,
1: it's clearly Hank for sure. Yeah. But I think one thing along
0: those lines, one thing along those lines is it is quickly shaping up where, like, it was just weird because he was never a top. 10 skater in a single season. But Chris Kreider's going to end up being one of, like, the great Rangers of all time. And it's, it is a crazy thing because he, like, obviously had a 50-goal year, like, for sure. But in that season, let's not kid ourselves. There were 10 guys you would start a team with before him. His career shaped up to this really weird, like, just consistent, great force in the lock. Like, just just a, a, a real, like, Mr. Ranger-type guy. It's, it's a really interesting mm-hmm. career arc, especially with his very, very late... um. Yeah. Yeah, and he's reinvented himself. I mean, he's become Joe Pavelski, who at 38 years old was still yeah. tipping pucks in. So he he's got go to second
1: most top. power of my goals in the last three years behind Drysdale. Yeah. Maybe maybe. And
0: he may not be done anytime soon because now he's not relying on his speed like he used to. He's relying on on the tipping, which is like, again, Joe Pavelski was doing that at 38 at a high level.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all I've got. So uh, we're good?
0: <laughs> we're good. Hi, Mom. Hi, Aunt Karen.
1: All right. Thank you for joining, and uh, let's go Rangers.
0: Let's go Rangers. Bye. We are the people we been waiting for